Today we're doing the last day of our series on bold. We've been looking at the book of Acts. If you know, we've been in chapter four of Acts. Today we're going to jump into chapter five of Acts. Next week we're actually going to pick up in Ephesians four. We're going to pick up our series on Ephesians. It's going to be great. You're not going to want to miss it. If you've read Ephesians four, it is absolutely incredible. But today we're going to talk about bold obedience. Can I get all of you to say bold obedience? Let's say it again. All right. So here's the deal. I just came out with a CD. I'm really proud of it. It's called the Psalms Project. Um, it's based on Psalms 91 through 100. And um, it costs a lot of money to do a CD, like a few thousand dollars to do one of these CDs. And even with the iTunes sales and the CD sales, you don't ever really get that money back. And so when you do it, you got to kind of think of it as an investment. You invest the money and hopefully there's going to be a return and that people are going to come to know Jesus in a deeper and fuller way. So a couple of years ago, Mary and I, we just knew it was time for us to start recording again. So in faith, I emailed a local recording engineer. I met with him. He liked my stuff and he took me on as a client and we began laying down tracks. Well, it was all going well until we ran out of money. <laughs> we couldn't afford to do it anymore. So we took this break. In fact, we took a three month long break. The project was on hold. But soon, you know, we just began to feel that God was calling us and telling us to start it up again. So I got back into the studio, went back in, not really knowing how I was going to pay for it. But we took a step of faith. We boldly obeyed what God was calling us to do. I kept a journal. It was called Road to My Next CD. And I just put thing, thing after thing, miracle after miracle of what God was doing and performing in my life to help us complete the CD. I want to read you an entry from the day that I went back to the recording studio. It's from January 27th, 2012. This morning, I went back into the studio after taking three months off due to financial issues. This afternoon, I got a check in the mail for $100 from Pastor Dan and Shauna Barron's, encouraging me to continue the Psalms Project CD. That's amazing. See, do you see how that worked out? That the day that I went back into the studio was the same day that in my mailbox was a check for $100 specifically encouraging me in the Psalms Project CD. I mean, praise God, right? They were obedient in listening to God and giving me money. And I was obedient to God by going back to the studio. Soon after that, my parents who were here as well, they, they were stirred up by the Lord as well to kind of get on the financial bandwagon. And uh, they helped uh, see that project to completion. But, you know, there's other times in my life where I haven't done that. You know what I'm talking about? Where you didn't step out in faith. The other day I, I was I was um, I was running, believe it or not. Um, I need to do more of that. But, but I was running and and I and I passed the lady and and I felt like I was supposed to tell this person that Jesus loved them. Right. It seems pretty simple. Uh, but yet I had all these excuses why I couldn't do it. Right. These excuses why I shouldn't do. It. I didn't want to stress her out. You know, we're on a trail. No one else is there. I didn't want her to feel like I was. You know, you know, bad guy or anything like that. So I continued to run, but I just began to continue to have that voice of God tell me that I was supposed to tell her that Jesus loved her. So I turned around and I ran back trying to find her. I never found her. And, and it makes me wonder, God, what did you want me to do in that person's life? And, and what was the blessing that I missed out on by not obeying your call and becoming disobedient? See, I believe God wants to speak to many of you this morning. He wants to encourage you. 
He wants to encourage you to respond quickly to the promptings of his Holy Spirit, to be obedient to the teachings of his word. And I promise you, when you boldly obey, you will experience his presence in a new and very real way. Let me give you context for today. If you've been on another planet the last three weeks, uh, we, we've been going through the book of Acts. Peter and John, they're hanging out, being bold. I mean, they are preaching Jesus. And the Sanhedrin, they're not happy. They don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus. So they're like, hey, Peter and John, you got to stop. You can't do that. God gave these guys, though, Peter and John, the ability and the faith to heal this guy who had been crippled, lame, 40 years. They prayed, boom, the guy's healed. And so that kind of puts these religious leaders in a bind. They're on the spot because they want the apostles locked up, but they couldn't because everybody knows that this big miracle has happened, that they've been praying. People are healed. They're casting out demons. People by the hundreds are coming to know Christ. And so these religious leaders, they're feeling the pressure. I mean, we got to shut this down. We got to stop this. If, if Rome knew what was going on, they might come in and say, OK, little boys, obviously you don't have the power to stop this thing or get this thing solved. So we're going to strip your power and we'll get it done for you. And so they feel this pressure. And that's where we're going to pick it up. Acts chapter five, verse 17. The scripture says this. Then the high priest and all the associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees are filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles, put them on public or put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Verse 20, the angel says, go stand in the temple courts. Tell the people the full message of this new life. This morning, I want us all to pay attention to the bold obedience of the apostles. I want to show you three principles that you will experience like the apostles in your bold obedience. But first, before I do, would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, we need your word to come alive this morning. We pray for your spirit to stir us up, Lord. That there would be just an opportunity, even a holy moment right now by your spirit to learn from your word, to learn from these apostles, Lord, to learn from their example and to learn from your son, Jesus Christ. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Does anyone need notes or a pen or paper or pencil? Raise your hand. We got them in the back. Randy's fast. He's on top of it. Anybody else? We got we got extras. You bet. So the first one, if you're taking notes, you have to remember this first principle that you will experience bold obedience usually triggers opposition. Would you say that with me? Bold obedience usually triggers opposition. I, I kind of think we can do better than that. Let's say it again. Bold obedience usually triggers opposition. Verse 18. They, these religious leaders, they arrested the apostles, put them in a public jail. If you're keeping track, this is the second time, right, that they've been put in jail in a pretty short amount of time. Now, some of us, we would think that we, we might have a problem with this, right? In our Christian society culture today, uh, we would say that's unacceptable. You know, that God, that's just not fair. For, for me, working for you and doing things for you, God, prison just does not seem like an acceptable outcome. It reminds me of five years ago, I was, I was running late to church. I'm trying to lead worship for a Saturday night service. And I pull out of my driveway and I hit a car that's going by the road. And I promptly reminded God... Father God, I am your servant called to lead people into the Holy of Holies by the eloquence of my fingers and the beauty of my voice. I am obeying you. I don't think an accident is a just reward for my service. 
Or, you know, I helped the lady across the road. I'm a good person. Nothing bad should happen to me. Or you might say, I'm, I'm going to church. I'm obeying God. I go to church at least right twice a month. I should be married to a beautiful woman. Amen. I'm obeying. My kids shouldn't get sick. I should get an A on my algebra exam because I read my Bible every day. And God, the mariner, should make the playoffs because I'm a strong Christian. I even tithe. Please, God. Please. So we tend to think that way. But the reality is when you boldly obey God, sometimes you're just going to face opposition. In fact, I can guarantee it. Here's what I know. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience, you're not ready to be used by God. I want to say that again in case you missed it. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, you're not ready to be used by God. Because when you obey God, opposition comes. Almost every time that I've been used by God uh, through obedience in a significant way to advance his kingdom, I've seen opposition in my life again and again. You know, when Mary and I left our full-time jobs in Spokane, I mean, these were full-time, good-paying jobs. We, we left those jobs to follow God's call in our life, to come out here, move out here. And we thought Christians would be like, oh, praise God. There's a young couple going out on a limb for Jesus, giving it all for him. We'll be praying for you. God bless you. That's not what we got. Instead, we got, what are you doing? You're doing what? You're going where? Edgewoods? What? Where? I mean, wait, part-time? You mean guaranteed part-time for six months? You are crazy, Dan. Don't you know that you're lucky to be employed in this economy? Pastor Dan, don't you know that you will never sell your house? Pastor Dan, don't you know you're the man of the house? You're responsible for taking care of your wife and kids. Who do you think you are taking your wife from everything she's ever known, all her security and her safety, and don't you know that she's pregnant? What are you doing? You face opposition after opposition. Every single act of obedience in my life has been met with opposition. If you want to boldly obey God, put it down on your calendar. Opposition is coming. So listen up. Don't worry when you meet opposition for obeying God. Worry when you don't. Because when you don't, you're probably not obeying God. I mean, you're probably living a passive life, doing everything you can to avoid that grand calling that God has on your life. And I don't know what it's going to be for you. I really don't. Maybe you're just sick and tired of debt. Are you sick and tired of debt? Everybody's in debt. Everybody's living beyond their means. Everybody's struggling financially. And you finally say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of it. I don't want a financial noose around my neck. We're getting out of debt. And you pray and God leads you to do something crazy. Maybe you drive an old clunker instead of getting that car loan. Or maybe you downsize to a smaller house. And everybody's like, whoa, whoa. Hey, what are you doing? Don't do that. Stay with us. Stay with all the stupid people that live beyond their means. Come on, stay in debt. That's what we do. Buy bigger, buy more than you can afford. Borrow, borrow, borrow. But you say, no, I'm obeying the Lord. Maybe you're a girl and you just have the gift of dating jerks. Every guy, I mean, you're a jerk magnet. Every guy you've ever dated is a jerk. You're like, hey, jerks, you want to date? But you're realizing something's not right. And you say, I'm taking a break. I'm taking a break. I'm stopping from dating for a while because I need the Lord, my God, to renew my mind. You know, it's not going to make sense to anybody else, but you know you're being obedient to God. Maybe it's Friday night. All your friends are like, hey, we're going to the club. And you say, hey, I'm not. They're like, what do you mean you're not going to the club? Well, I'm spending time with God. You're what? Spending time? You are a fool. That doesn't even make sense. Yes, I'm spending time with God. 
you are going to face opposition. See, when you obey God, it's that kind of opposition that is going to come right up against you. Don't worry when you do. Worry when you don't. So thought number one, when you boldly obey, it will usually trigger opposition. Number two, when you boldly obey, you will often release God's miracles. When you obey, you can expect God to work uh, work supernaturally to show up in your life. In fact, raise your hand if you've seen God work supernaturally in your life. All over the place. Amen. You can put them down. Verse 19, I love this. Now remember, this is Luke writing it. He's a physician. He's, he's writing the book of Acts. Listen to this statement. No emotion, no big setup, just, just a statement. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail, brought them out. That's it. Just a statement. Angel of the Lord came, opened the doors of the jail, brought them out. Let's be honest. If, if that was me and I saw an angel, my statement would be like, I saw an angel. It was like nine feet tall and it had robes and it had this sword. It was a sword that could take down an elephant. And there was these bars and there was this lock and he just went like, woo. And then there was lightning. It was like, boom. And I was like, hey, can I get my picture with you? And they were like, woo, I got a picture with an angel posting it on Facebook. Here's the thing, the Luke, an angel of the Lord, it appeared and it opened the doors. It's just a very simple statement. Because when you walk in obedience to God, you're not surprised by the miracles of God. You're in awe. You're filled with wonder. But you're not surprised. When you walk in obedience of God, you're not surprised when God shows up and he does something supernaturally. It's happened in every one of our lives. Now, I'm not saying nothing bad ever happens. I mean, look at this day that they're having. They're having a bad day. They're in prison, which seems pretty bad to me. But the provision of God shows up through an angel to them. When you walk in obedience to God, you shouldn't be surprised when God comes through. You just shouldn't. You, you, you really shouldn't. But we often are, aren't we? I am. I've I, I got to be honest. Sometimes I'm just surprised by God. For example, at Life Center North in Spokane, I was a pastor there for six years, and, and we did this river baptism every year. It was awesome. And, and we would bring out the worship band to play music, and, and we'd have this huge potluck, a whole lot of fun. But during our lunchtime staff meeting that day, we prayed, and they said, before we prayed, they said, we have 46 people signed up to get baptized, which was just a miracle. And we're like, wow, this is awesome. And then we prayed for our lunchtime meal. And when we prayed, I prayed actually that 50 people we get baptized. But right away after I prayed, I, I beat myself up. I'm like, what am I doing? Why did I say that? What's my problem? Aren't 46 baptisms enough? Why would you pray for 50? Well, all the baptisms were going great. We sang and everyone's standing on the riverbank and they're applauding as person after person after person gets baptized. And then we're done. And one of the pastors, he, he runs up to me and he says, Dan, Dan, he goes, there was four people that, that weren't even a part of our church that were just playing in the park and they got baptized tonight. You know what that means? It means 50 people got baptized. I was totally surprised, totally surprised, but I shouldn't have been. That's what God does, right? That's what God does. He loves his people. He wants to reveal himself to his creation. So when we obediently set up that sound system at the river, when we worship the Lord, when we preach the word of God, of course, God is going to do a miracle. So obedience often releases the miracles of God. So number one, bold obedience usually triggers opposition. Number two, it releases God's miracles. And number three, it always requires faith. It just uh, always requires faith. Would you say number three with me? Bold obedience always requires faith. 
Every single time God prompts you to do something, it's going to take faith to obey him. God, is that what you said? God, is that you? Right? That's the dialogue that we have. God, are are you telling me to do that? I think you are. But it takes faith to obey. Verse 20, the angel of the Lord tells them, go, stand in the temple court and tell the people the full message of this new life. Thursday night, I was talking to Jason about just how much I love this passage. I love what the angel says, because do you see what's going on in case, in case you're not paying attention? Basically, the angel is saying, I want you to go back and do the same thing that's thrown you into jail already twice before. Go back and do what the people that have authority and the power to take your life. Go back and do exactly the thing that they told you to never, ever, 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 ever do again. That's what I want you to do. Now, that's going to take faith. Some of us, I mean, after the first time we got out of jail, we'd be like, you know, we've learned our lesson. We're going to keep our mouth shut. We're just going to let our lives be the example, right? We're just going to let our lives be the example. But not them. No, they keep on talking about Jesus, which gets them thrown in jail again. Now, if I've gotten released from jail the second time, I mean, I'm feeling pretty fortunate by now. I'm feeling blessed. I'm so eager never to go to jail again. But here's the deal, church. Listen up. If, if an angel... Tells me to go to the temple court and tell the people the full message of the new life in Jesus. I pray, church, that I, Dan Burst, would be obedient and I would have the faith to do it, even if it landed me into jail a third time. I pray that for you as well. See, when God prompts you to do something, it's going to take faith. Now, you might be like me as well, where I'm like, you know, God, can you just give me some details, right? I, I need the details. And I think this is what God would say to that. You want details? You can't handle the details. See, because if I told you all the details, Dan Burst, about your move to Edgewood, you would never move to Edgewood. See, if God would have given me all those details, I would have never left Spokane. I can guarantee you, with all the pain and the heartache and the fears and worries and flat-out junk in the details, if we knew all the details, we might not say yes. Church, we don't need the details. We just need to be obedient to what God leads us to do. Give the details to the Lord. Just begin to obey God. I want to give you a starting place for this life of obedience. Just a starting place. You might want to write this down on your notes. Obey God's word. Start there. Obey God's word. What does the Bible say? Obey what's written in the word. The Bible says that God's word is a lamp unto our feet. What does that mean? Well, if a light is shining to our feet, we might be able to see the next step or maybe the next two steps. But we're not going to be able to see the the fifth step or step number 20 because it's a lamp unto our feet. So we just obey God step by step by step. And if we obey God step by step by step, guess what? Then the lamp gives us the next step and then gives us the next step. And as we obey, God continues to reveal and we obey him step by step by step. Pastor Lance Powers in Tacoma, he says, you just do the last thing God told you to do. I love that. You just do the last thing. Don't stop stressing about your life. You just do the last thing that God told you to do. You obey by faith. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And let me add this. When you walk in faith, when you walk step by step, you got to give the results and you got to give the destination to God. Obedience to God, it surrenders the results and the outcome to God. Often we lack obedience because we are so afraid of what the results might be. 
If I go over there and I talk to that lady, she might get mad at me. If I actually obey God and give like he's telling me to give, I might not have enough money to do what I want. If I obey God and, and obey his word and tell my girlfriend or my boyfriend that we have to stop living together, that we stop, we got to stop having sex outside of marriage, maybe they'll leave me. Maybe they'll break up with me. See, we're afraid of the results. And so we often lack obedience. But it requires faith to obey God. Faith, which means you leave up the results to God. You just focus on being obedient to his voice. Step by step by step by step. Three quick examples here of people being obedient to God. Number one, to, to be a leader in this church, you have to tithe. Or you at least have to have a heart or an attitude that desires to tithe. And as a leader, you represent LifeSpring, which means you call this place your home. This is your church. And so the expectation from leadership is that you give, that you give freely and cheerfully. In fact, we have some incredible leaders at this church. I've heard stories of leaders giving off their tax return, off their pension, off their bonuses, even off their inheritance. It is amazing. And God is richly blessing us as we give to him. Just so you know, I don't know how much you give here at LifeSpring. I don't. None of you. I decided that I didn't want to know. I don't want to treat anybody different based on how they give or how much they give. So our bookkeeper, Marcy, gets to know all that information. There you go. And I think she does a great job handling all that information. The only exception is when you're considering to be in a leadership position or if I'm considering you for a leadership position. In that case, I'm going to ask Marcy if you tithe or not. And she'll tell me yes or no. And it's happened more than once where I found out you weren't given. And yet you wanted to be a leader in a ministry. I mean, maybe 20 bucks here or there, but you were definitely not giving God your first, first fruits. And so you and I get to have a meeting. And I love you. You know I love you. I care for you. So we just talk about how your life's going, how the circumstances of your life are going. And we, and we lovingly talk about tithing. But this one time I sat down with this man. And this is absolutely beautiful. I, I was going to see him. I just wanted to see how his family was doing in the area of tithing. And, and before we even met, he and his wife had already started the week before, the Sunday before, to tithe to the Lord again. And they took a step of faith without me even saying anything. He didn't know what we were meeting about. But they had already decided to be obedient to God, to be obedient to what God was telling them to do. Praise the Lord, right? To be obedient. I mean, this is money we're talking about. Have you had money before? It's important. <laughs> I mean, we all have bills. We have car payments, loans. Some of us have debts. Money is important. But for many of us, money has such a huge grip on your life that you've lost the joy and the freedom that is found in giving to the Lord. I can personally testify to the fact that when you give to the Lord, the power that money had over your life, it's gone. It goes away because instead of trusting in money, you trust in the Lord, like Proverbs three talks about. So this couple, they take a just a faith step of obedience, not knowing the results, not knowing the outcome. But they trusted in God that God would take care of them. For the record, this family is being tremendously blessed. They're doing great. They're a huge part of what we do here at LifeSpring. Another one of you, you're not here today. It's Adam Hoffman. I called him up, asked him if I could share this story. And I have permission to share it. A couple of years ago, he was just in this season of discovery. He's trying to figure out what God wanted to do in his life. And, and I love having those kind of meetings with, with young men. So I, I met with him and, and we're meeting. I had him over to the house. And I said, hey, I want you to watch this video. It's a challenging video about not wasting your life, but at all costs, 
at all costs being obedient to what God has called you to do. So afterwards, I talked to him for a couple hours. And see, at the, at the time, Adam, he was working at a job where he worked on Sunday nights. Always worked Sunday nights. Yet he was at the beginning stages of stepping into a leadership role for our SALT youth group. Now that's a dilemma. Do you see the dilemma? A good paying job versus the opportunity to grow in what God is calling you to do. But there was this part of Adam that felt like he was stuck and that he had to keep working at his job. Well, after we met, something clicked in Adam where he just came to this realization that it was more important to boldly obey God than anything else. And so a couple of days go by. I get a phone call. It's Pastor Chad. So at the time, Adam is living with Pastor Chad. And Pastor Chad says, what did you say to Adam? I said, what do you mean? He goes, what did you say to Adam? He quit his job. You know, he pays me rent. I was like, hey, I just told him that he needed to do what God was calling him to do. And that's what Adam did. He took a step of faith. He boldly obeyed the Lord. You know, eventually Adam got another job that gave him Sundays off. And do you know how much Adam has grown in his ability as a worship leader as he's led the youth every Sunday night? When I see him leading us on a Sunday morning like he did a couple of weeks ago, which was fantastic, by the way, I am reminded that it all started with an act of obedience by Adam. A scary, crazy act of obedience by Adam Hoffman, deciding to live by faith, to boldly obey the Lord. And then finally, third example, a couple of weeks of weeks ago, one of you just gave this huge check to send Ray to Ghana. And, and I kind of told you, I was like, hey, we don't need that much. And you said, well, just use it for camp. Send kids to camp. Well, at the time, we had 18 kids going to camp. And we had these great fundraisers. Listen to this, church. This is a miracle. These fundraisers had cut the cost of camp from $245 down to $65. $180 off per kid. It's just a miracle. So the, so the money that he gave, I was trying to figure out where to put it. Because we had already raised enough for these 18 kids. So I decided it was just going to go in the youth camp budget. That we would use it for the next youth camp retreat. Well, then another miracle happened. See, a week and a half ago, kids just began to sign up. One after another. After another. After another. Church, listen up. In junior and senior high, we have 34 kids going to camp. So yay God, but do the math, $180 discount times 16 more kids is about $3,000 that we had not budgeted. But with this man's obedience and others of you who obediently gave towards sending kids to camp, when we did the numbers, we had just enough to send all 34 kids to camp. Truly a miracle, a miracle, a miracle, a miracle. Here's the deal, church, the Christian life, it takes faith. Obedience to God takes faith. It takes faith to tithe. Some of you today, you are going to be obedient and you're going to take that step of faith. Some of you, God's going to speak to you and you're going to go to Pastor Adam. You're going to go, Pastor Adam, I'm going to start a life group. And there's a part of you that's like, hey, I don't even know how to lead a life group. But if God's calling you to do it, obey him. It's going to take some faith. Or some of you, it's to start a ministry or it's to start a business or to try to make reconciliation with someone that you know you hurt in your past. 
Or maybe you're a single girl, you know, and there's this really handsome guy and he loves the Lord. And you're actually going to invite him to the life group that you have not yet started. And then a relationship's going to click. You're going to get married. You're going to have a kid. Name him Dan after the one who inspired you to live by faith. Takes faith when God calls you to obey. It always takes faith. Always takes faith. I love verse 21. If we could put it on the screen, watch what the apostles did. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. Look at what they didn't do. They didn't delay. They obeyed fully. Write this down. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. Whenever God prompts you, you obey completely and you obey immediately, no matter what. If it's big, you obey. If it's small and seemingly insignificant, you obey. I'm telling you, when God prompts you, even if it doesn't make sense, we need to obey immediately and obey completely. This is what the apostles did. And because of their obedience, the religious leaders, they bring them back in, right? And they unleash on them again. Verse 28, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. What name are they talking about? Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter, the other apostles, what do they say? They say, we must obey God rather than men. Everybody say, we must. Say it again. Let's say it together. We must obey God rather than men. In other words, you don't know what we've seen. (laughs) See, when you know Christ like we know him, when you've seen what we've seen, when you've heard what we heard, you just can't stop talking about him. Because boldness, it's a behavior that is born out of, of a deep belief in God. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. And this isn't an option. It's not an if or a maybe or a when. It's a must. We must obey God rather than men. In church, when we fall in love with Jesus, you're not going to care what anybody else says or what anybody else thinks or how it makes you look. I mean, when you fall in love with Jesus, you become a servant of Christ. And you can tell the world, no matter what I say, and no matter what you do to me, you can't stop me. You can't stop me. You can throw me into prison. You can lock me up. You can beat me. You can even kill me. But you're not going to stop me. I must obey God rather than men. And I get that that's scary for some of you. I get that that there's a fear involved in that. But do you trust God or do you not trust God? Did you hear the letter? That we read about Ray Wright. When I told him he was going to Ghana, he was in a walker. He's jumping around now. He must obey God rather than men. And church, I pray that over every one of you. Life is hard and then it gets harder. But there's a calling on your life. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you and guide you and direct your life into God's best for you. We have to get to a place where we trust that God's best for us is always being submissive and being surrendered to His will. Even if that means that you die tomorrow. 
And it's hard because we love this world and we want to live for a long time. And we think we like heaven, but we kind of like it here. But there's got to be a part of us that just in faith says, God, I trust that living for you is your best for me. And that I must obey you rather than this world, rather than this culture, rather than my friends, rather than my school or my workplace. I must obey you, God. And I believe, I confidently believe that when you live that way, you will live God's best for you. That's who we are, Lifespring. We're bold. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that your spirit would seal this truth deep within our hearts. God, that we would be different. Because when we spend time with you, God, it leads to faith, which leads to boldness, which leads to results, which leads to more time with you, which leads to faith, which leads to more boldness, which leads to more glory to you. Father, help us fall in love with your son, Jesus Christ. So much so that the world would be amazed by our boldness, that they would take note that we have been with Jesus. For those of you today that would say, you know, I'm not bold. Sometimes I'm just slow to obey. In fact, I don't even remember the last time that I responded to the Lord. Today, I declare that you will start obeying and you are going to allow the voice of God to start speaking into your life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, today you will recognize his voice. In your heart right now, tell him that you want to boldly obey. Tell him that you want to live with bold obedience. Tell him that you want to be a person who lives and does what God says no matter what. If that's you this morning, lift your hands right now. Amen. Lift them up high. Be bold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put them down. I want to pray for you. Thank you, God, for these willing servants. I pray that we would fall in love. Those that have their hands raised, that they would be your servants, that they would hear the truth of your word, and that your word would build them up with faith, Lord. I pray for everyone who raised their hands, that they would come to a place where they don't care what anybody else says, what anybody else thinks, that when you prompt them, they will obey, immediately obey. And even when they don't understand, even when there's opposition, even when the opposition is us, Lord, especially, we just pray that you would give us the faith, the strength, the power to obey. God, lead us to a fully surrendered, obedient life, living boldly for your son who gave us eternal life. Keep praying today. This is my favorite part of everything we do here. There are some of you today that you are going to make the most bold statement in your life. You are going to obey boldly like you've never done before because you're going to recognize that you are not living in obedience to God. And if you're not living obediently, chances are you don't really know him. Because when you know him, you don't have to obey. You want to obey because of his goodness and because of his love and his kindness. Our obedience is always a response to the gift of God's grace, the gift of eternal life. Through Jesus, there are some of you today. I, I just know that you are feeling drawn to God. You know that he has been speaking to your heart, yet you know that you're not fully into this God thing yet. I mean, in fact, there's some of you even this in this room right now. You think you are Christians. In fact, you're more like a cultural Christian. You kind of just blend in. But you recognize that it's not a full on full life of passion for Jesus. But today, the spirit of God is drawing you in. The spirit of God is drawing you to the father. The spirit of God is drawing you to the son, Jesus Christ. 
Christ. And what you're going to do right now is you're going to boldly surrender your life. It's no longer going to be yours. It's no longer going to be your life. You're going to give it to him. You're going to declare that Jesus is your savior, but he's also your Lord. You're going to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead so all your sins could be forgiven. You're going to give your life to him. You're going to be filled with the spirit of God. And I declare you will never, ever be the same. If that's why you're here, it's time for you to get bold. Jesus, take my life. Church, would you look at me right now? Everybody look around because I want to give everybody the joy of you saying boldly yes to God. Yes, I give my life to God. Every bit of it, Jesus, take my life. It's no longer mine. I give it to you. If that's you, lift your hands right now. We want to declare you. I see you. Anyone? Raise your hands high. You. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody else? You two in the back. I see you. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. Anybody else? Amen in the back. Hallelujah. Give God a clap. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. You are good. You are good. You are good. Everybody, let's pray this together. Repeat after me, everyone. Heavenly Father, you have saved me from my sins. Jesus, be my Lord. And Jesus, be my Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again so that I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit. My life is no longer my own. I give it to you. Make me bold for the name of Jesus. Thank you for this new life. I give you mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate again? Worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Glory to you, God. Hallelujah.